0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Breaking Western Podcast. My name is Angela Meyer. I am sitting here with my lovely co-host, Abigail Pitez. As you've probably noticed this season, we are talking to artists and makers. Today we have another incredible guest and fellow Midwesterner.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And self-proclaimed mojito maven. We love that term. Love it. Love it. Welcome in Cassie with Wonderlust Skulls. Cassie, how are you?
1: So, so, so excited to be sitting here talking to you. I'm not going to lie. Angela told me that she was going to reach out to you, and I was like, I am not familiar with Cassie. Uh, Yeah, I don't think
0: you were following her at that time.
1: I was not. Clicked over to your page, fell in love immediately. I was like, how have I not known about her? (laughs) Forever.
2: (laughs) I'm like a diamond in
0: the hole somewhere in the middle of Wisconsin. I I feel that too
2: deeply. (laughs) That's so
0: good. Well, and we noticed too, and I messaged you about this because we were doing a full moon ceremony um, that was with the crystal celestite. And when I looked at your page, that just absolutely jumped out at me was that you had a skull with celestite on it. And we were talking yeah. about this. We have never seen a maker use, um, like, gems, healing mm-hmm. crystals, whatever you have you, in, in that, a cow skull. How did you get the idea for that?
2: Um, I have always... I, let's just say, like, my style is very different, obviously, as you guys seen, than anybody else. I can fit the Western mold, but yet, I'm not 100% there either. When... It comes to the stones that I use. I just had this random idea one day. um, I kind of personally prefer rough cut stones over the polished cab, Mm -hmm. although I have used polished cabs many times, mainly turquoise and spiny oyster. I just thought there was something really romantic about taking a beautiful rough cut stone from the earth and pairing it with a skull which is about as natural as you can get, and putting them together. And I don't even know where I got the idea, but it just came to me one day, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to see what happens, and I'm just going to do it. The thing is about working with rough cut stones is that they truly don't fit together. Mm -hmm. So it can be really challenging. (laughs) Really challenging. Some days are great, and I'll gather a whole bunch together, and I'm like, all right, you know, we're going to set these out, see how they look, and they'll fit together perfectly. Sometimes it takes me, like, over a week to find that mm. perfect setting, that perfect pairing so that they just fit together and somewhat make sense, considering they weren't ever meant to fit together. You have to figure out how to make them work. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I just, I just find it really romantic a little bit on the badass side somewhat rugged a little bit of feminine like there's so many ways you could say that it looks it just looks
1: really dang cool together yeah there's something really powerful about your work like in that sense and that a like you said there are these two elements that fit together so well like how have none of us ever seen (laughs) that done before like you Mm -hmm. have a such a strong vision um and then too like you said there's there's so much thought and energy that goes into putting those two things together because they do look so natural but then to to find a way for you to like put them together in a way that looks natural but still intentional like that takes
2: that takes skill
0: and I think it's cool too that I mean don't get me wrong I love spiny oyster and I love turquoise but I think it is so cool to see other stones being used especially within the context of the western industry that I think one of its gods is turquoise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Like, it's the ultimate god.
1: <laughs> yes. You cornered that look, that, like, bohemian yes. Western. When somebody calls boho Western, I, like, I see, I see your aesthetic. I'm yeah, like, she married that Nailed them. it. She got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Because boho so is so feminine and Western is, can be so masculine. And so really, like, your right. whole aesthetic kind of marries those two things together and, like, provides that space for everything.
2: And I think I think that's one thing that makes me different than a lot of other Skull artists. I can really nail the masculine, and mm. I can really nail the feminine. And it kind of just depends on how I'm feeling that week, you know? I might have just a random idea that comes to me that totally works, and it's something that just screams old cowboy. But then I might have an idea that comes to me that would totally fit, you know, a cowgirl, maybe more of a free spirit. Just just anybody that's more on the feminine side that's looking for something like that. So I feel like that's one of my strengths as an artist is being able to do both sides of the game.
0: I would totally agree with that. Absolutely.
2: So
1: like walk us through that for you. Where does this where does your inspiration come from?
2: Um, I would have to say a lot of my inspiration just comes from everyday life like I feel I feel like the digital world's great right like we can connect with so many people like we're connecting now we mm-hmm. may have never met each other mm-hmm. without social media but yet there's so much in front of us every day that we're not noticing
0: mm-hmm. within
2: nature, within experiences within travel just everyday life with I feel like I get very inspired by nature I get really inspired by music and experiences and I've done a ton of traveling. Um, I really, really get inspired by landscapes and textures. Textures are huge for me. And I think people can see that in my artwork. Um, if you look at a skull, it looks. some of them looks like they could be a rock. You know, they could mm-hmm. be derived from earth. And I fall in love with texture over and over and over again. So if I see something with texture... Maybe it's a textile, like a piece of fabric, or it's a basket. I find a lot of inspiration in that. And just paying attention every day to the little things because you never know where you're
0: gonna pick it up. That is so good. I can feel Abby right now just like falling in love with your soul and I hope you two get to go textile shopping at some point and I will stay no, the hell. I, I
1: really don't wish that upon anyone. I don't, truly. Really. <laughs>
0: But it, hilarious. Takes, it takes an artistic eye to recognize that. I will say when I'm with Abby or with somebody that's like artsy and gets it, then I'm like, oh, yeah, that is super cool. But like you said, everyday life, we're all just kind of walking around and like not even noticing those things. So I think it is so interesting and that you talked about your travels, too. I have to imagine that that's where the name comes from for your business. Wanderlust Skulls. Yes. Yes. You
2: nailed it. Um, I'll be honest. when When I first began, I didn't even have a name. It was just a very random beginning. Um, I had quit working to stay home with my kids. And I had had an idea to begin this, like, two years prior to that. And I literally thought about it every single day. So when I finally started, and then I'm like, okay, I need to name this. I need the name. I came Hmm. up with the absolute worst ideas, like, (laughs) cringeworthy. They were so freaking bad. And I was like the heck, Cassie? You can do part of this. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I just, one day, it just came to me. I I had thought about Wild Winds, but that's because there's a ranch near me named Wild Winds Ranch. And I was like, wait, no, that's where that came
1: from. Hold up. But then
2: I was stuck on the W for some reason. And I was taking a walk one day, and it just popped into my head. Wanderlust. And I've always loved that word. That is a good it word. is such a cool word. And while I was familiar about what it meant, I came home and I dug into it and I looked it up and I was like, you know what? This isn't going to make sense to people now, but in the future it will. Mm. Um, it's that long-term vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It might not make sense to people now. Like I went and told some of my best girlfriends about it and they were like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Like, well, you're dumb. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're fine. dumb. I don't, I don't care what they think. I'm going with it. And um, I just, I, I what I want is people to get them and also feel inspired. Feel inspired to go on an adventure, to live life, um, to find joy, things like that within buying a skull from me. So go get lost and do something with yourself, you know? Find yourself wanderlust. God,
1: that's so beautiful. I I feel that really deeply. I think, like, especially in the Midwest, that's not something that's kind of naturally cultivated within people. To be like, get out there. Go travel. Experience the world. Stay home and have babies. Oh, no. Yeah. I I was always enthralled with
0: travel
2: as a child. And, you know, probably kind of like you guys, I grew up around farming. So my dad Mm -hmm. was a dairy farmer turned construction worker uh owned his own construction business, but then we always had beef around um, crops and my grandpa had still had a dairy farm for quite a few years. So I was always around that, but I just wanted I just wanted to go and I wanted to travel and I wanted to explore. And I think where it really began was when I was twelve. My mom's sister lives out in California and my mom sent me out there for the summer. And after that I was like hooked I just wanted to go somewhere and I didn't get to travel again until I was 18 and from 18 to 22 before I had my son I went on so many adventures <laughs> solo travel and I just got hooked <laughs> um I mean you can't not go anywhere and just find something to do like there's so much to do in this world and with
1: preach it sister. I, yes. I, I
2: really wish I really wish I could get up and go somewhere right now but obviously. <laughs> Don't we yeah, all? I heard that. Yeah and I should probably stay home and teach my kids all the things they're supposed to be learning so there's that.
1: <laughs> um, all details really. Yeah, yeah. Right
2: right. But yeah, I what do
1: they say travel is the best teacher? Right
2: I think they say that. <laughs> it is it is. I just if I could go and take off you know one. Months or even once a week i probably would
0: <laughs> what are some of your favorite places that you've traveled other than california
2: sedona arizona yes one of yes i absolutely love sedona i love texas like i would live in texas i've been there oh my gosh like four or five times i think um i actually loved idaho mm-hmm. and i really loved
1: utah got like a, a little desert and, scene over yes. here yes
2: Seriously. So if anybody's listening to this and you want to go to Mexico in the future, when they let us leave the country, go to the
0: western Western side. side. (laughs) All right. Travel recommendations. that drive and you're tacking on more hours
2: (laughs) yeah
0: exactly exactly well based on your travels we could all totally hang out and travel together too just just throwing that out there it'd be really fun (laughs) yeah for
2: sure it's only like
1: a couple extra hours for us to swing up through wisconsin when you're driving for like
0: 20 some what's
1: two or three more it doesn't matter (laughs) yep for sure what's the difference
0: So I'm imagining you, Cassie, just riding in a car, looking around you, absorbing all of the things that you're seeing. And this is before you started off and were a business owner, before you were a mother, before you were all the things that you identify with now. Describe to us that calling that you felt to become an artist and to really pursue that passion.
2: Honestly, I ignored it for a very long time. A very, very long time. Um, I was always that person that was really creative. Um, It came easily to me. And sometimes when you are really artistic or creative, you grow up hearing the same crap that is still said today to a lot of people, unfortunately, is that artists are broke. Artists are starving on the street. Mm. Artists never make money. It can be a fun hobby, but you will never money doing it like that gets told to so many people too many times too many times over and too many people that are artistic hear that way too often and it just sinks in and honestly that's what happened to me um I went to college for agricultural business and science technology and I went to this college for marketing nothing that had to do with not
0: cow school degree that's
2: None of that certificate in that or anything. No. So and I and I never took art classes in high school or anything. I always loved drawing. Um I was the kid that made all like the homecoming banners, you know, just I did all those things. But when I quit working, I had already thought about doing this, like I said earlier, for two years. And I had made which I still have, the first skull I ever made, I had bought it at a thrift store. I think it was like 20, 25 bucks, super, duper cheap. And <laughs> I purchased it. I'm like, oh my God, I am going to do something with this.
1: Like, like I, I don't know what him. I'm doing, but cowboy. I just spent $25 on <laughs> yeah. it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, you know, with the inspiration of my husband, because he's a total cowboy, I was like, I'm going to make a skull for our house and it's going to be so western. It's going to be cool. (laughs) And I go on Pinterest and I'm like, ew. I didn't like anything. I didn't like (laughs) (laughs) anything. I did. And on Google, I'm like, what is this? You know, and to each his own. Everybody has their own style, but nothing I was seeing I liked. Nothing. Mm. So I was like, all right, you know, think deeper about this. You can do something. So I ended up deciding, ended up thinking about in my head what I was going to do, and I just did it. So I got it done. And I had people that would come over, and they're like, that is so cool. Well, the minute I'd done it internally, I kept telling myself, you could do this. You could do something with this. Mm. But did I want to? No, because (laughs) artists are broke, and artists are starving, and Mm. artists never make money. And it's just a cute little hobby. (laughs) It's not a business. It was a very hard summer. I've always been a really hard worker. You know, I was a kid that was milking cows before school and high school, milking after school, had a weekend job, you know, all the things, really busy. Just becoming just a mom was very hard for me. And I was pretty depressed. Um, I never went and got any help for it. You know, I I wasn't ever told that I had depression, but I just could feel it. So I finally put some feelers out and I found three skulls. (laughs) So I got them, and I was like, all right, now you have them. Now you got to do something with them. And it was summertime. It was the middle of summer. I see, you know, it was, It's going to be four years ago. So Colton was five, and Lane was three. And they just played outside, and I literally spent two days working on these skulls. And then I just took pictures of them and put them on my personal Facebook, and I sold them all wow. in a couple days. Wow. And for way too cheap. <laughs> like, you were learning. I, we $5. I don't know. Um, and so I was like, all right, now i got to find more. And so I found some more. And then I did it again. And then I did it again. And I did it again. And I'm just kept innovating and allowing myself to make what I wanted to make and not do anything that had been done before. Not the traditional Western decorated sculpt. Um you know, like the over bedazzled, over decorated, or even like the hand painted ones that are super intricate, or maybe even have a scene on them. Like that mm. just wasn't my jam. I didn't want to do that. And because I stayed true to that, I think I've really turned a lot of people onto the idea of that more modern Western Bohemian look and how it can be way more timeless than some of the other pieces can.
1: I think. Uh You are such a powerful example of someone who was told no or kind of discouraged left and right and stayed true to this, not even, like, at that point, it sounds like not even a strong vision you had, but this strong feeling. Mm -hmm. And you you held on to that even when, like, you were trying to come up with a name and your friends laughed it off and said, like, that is dumb. And you're like, um, maybe, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) And, you you didn't have a strong idea about you know, the skulls are the direction you would take them, but you went out and bought them anyways and yeah. you went for it and, and you, you figured it out as you went and you really stuck to it. Even when you weren't, you were, you were blazing your own trail. You weren't mm. following, you know, it, the, the example that someone had set out for you. And yeah. I think that's such a, such a really cool and inspirational message that you're sending to, to makers and yeah. to consumers everywhere and just to, to people in general Uh
0: yeah and that's Uh like literally why we chose you is that brand voice and us as artists i mean we're both sitting here as you're saying the whole thing about artists not making money and we're like yep heard that heard that and to some extent it is very true because it's harder to make money with your art i believe than some normal product that has a market already established for it but even something like a cow skull yes there are other cow skulls out there for sale but it's not yours And your brand is worth a different price point than anybody else's, higher or lower. It's worth Mm -hmm. a different amount based on your brand's value and your, um, you know, skill and and materials. And so that was another thing that we wanted to ask you about is as far as picking out your materials, how do you choose them? How do you source them? Do you have any certain beliefs when it comes to that? We would love to hear your artistic thought.
2: I use... Really weird combinations <laughs> to get what I want. Um, I haven't been scared to take like household items and make them into like a paintbrush. You know no. what I mean? To find to, to execute and find that texture that I'm looking for or that finish and people ask me all the time they're like oh whoa, well, I want to do this and like what paint do you use and it's like I can't even fully explain it because I'm not kidding <laughs> I use spray paint I use acrylics I use patina kits um I use watercolors like mm-hmm. I literally use everything but I have perfected my own methods to a point where I can just do it mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter um
1: it's like cooking a recipe know you know really well
0: and you're just throwing stuff yeah, into
2: the pot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a
0: little over a cup. Yeah. Keeping
2: spoonfuls. Dash of this, <laughs> a dash of that, you know, add a little vodka here. I it's the work. Um, a little sip there. Yeah. I just I yeah. and I guess another thing too is when when artists ask me or ask me, and I've had a ton of young women and a tongue a ton of women just in general be like, Oh my gosh, I I wanna start doing skulls and I wanna start doing this and I wanna start doing that and I'm like that's good. You should and and you, you should pursue that, but I cannot tell you how to do that mm. because whatever you wanna make needs to come from you. You can't copy me or attempt to copy me or think that doing something to what I'm doing is gonna make sense for you.
0: Have you had if copy you are hats?
2: artistic? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Good attempt, Sharon. Um, (laughs) Oh, sweetie, that's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, and I want, there are so many skull artists, if you're talking about skulls in general, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to find your own voice, and you have Mm -hmm. to find your own techniques. Everybody's got a strength and a weakness uh, when it comes to creativity. And if you're not willing to explore that on your own, then you're probably not going to be in it for the long haul. Oh, my like God, You have to be willing to fail, and you have to be willing to test stuff out. You know, are you going to use a softest bristle brush, or are you going to use, you know, something with a little more coarse texture to it? You've got to figure all that out on your own. Like, somebody can't guide you through that if you're going to be a true artisan. Yeah. Oh, that's how yeah. I feel.
0: It's a feel. Um,
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And there's so much is. to be said. Like, trial and error contribute so much. Right. And really how we define a, a failure right like something didn't right. turn out the way we wanted it to well maybe that's not a failure that's a learning moment and mm. and that's what's brought you you know to this creative moment that you're in and making the things that you make to the level that you make them yeah
0: exactly you so- know so we were going to ask you like, what advice you had for people, but I feel like you just gave it, and it was so good. And we also have been highlighting quotes on our Instagram, and we're just sitting here, like, scribbling just, like, down the timestamps. We we're like, yes, 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 <laughs> while trying to, like, let you keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Sorry. I, I talk fast No, it's <laughs> no, so good. No. It's so good. Because really, that's what this comes down to,
1: is that, like... I think we, we spoke a few weeks ago to Harley from Dancing Cactus Designs, mm-hmm. and I think uh-huh. Angela and I will be talking about this quote forever, yeah. because he, he's um, essentially talked about, um, you know, like an inventor versus a designer. Yes. And none of us are, you know, creating something new. We're not coming up with this revolutionary, the cow skull. crazy brand new idea, <laughs> but we're all putting our own yeah. spin on it and yes. like this really unique flavor. And I think it's so powerful to hear you talk about what that really means. hmm hmm And it's, it's great. I mean, that's the best advice you could give someone is to, is to just constantly be helping them become themselves.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And it. it's
2: worth it if you take the time to
0: do it. mm that's so good so with you being on a dairy farm um were those the skulls have you ever used dairy cow skulls or has it always been i was looking on your website like buffalo and longhorn
2: i've had a couple but as you guys would understand um we dehorn all our cattle in the midwest Uh the upper midwest i should say right you know like if we have anything that's a beef animal Its horns are coming off. Yep. Uh, Dairy cattle, we don't keep the horns on them. I've gotten a couple, and I've gotten to the point, too, where I can't always pinpoint the exact breed, but I can tell the difference between a dairy skull and a beef skull. And Mm. I can tell the difference between, like, a longhorn and a Corianni.
0: Mm. Or a
2: Scottish Highlander. You know, obviously, well, not everybody's going to know exactly what a buffalo is, but, like, I can always tell the difference. Um... I've had a lot of people that are dairy farmers ask me to get horned dairy cow skulls, and I'm like, well, a little bit harder to do, and you should know that. (laughs) Um, But I've gotten a couple, and they're really cool. Uh, Dairy cattle skulls are way more elongated than any other skull. Uh, They're a very long skull, and then the horns always have a short hook that comes to the front. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, my love for bovine runs deep. I just didn't know (laughs) how deep it was going to run until part, apparently. I don't, you know, it just, it works.
1: (laughs) Well, can you, so can you elaborate on that? I want to go back to something you said there. When you mentioned that you have people coming to you asking you to do dairy skulls or you know maybe something that doesn't necessarily have horns you kind of hesitated mm-hmm. there and were like well can you sp- can you speak to that a little more yeah
2: because it's been harder for me to find skulls in general living in Wisconsin than mm-hmm. I feel like it would be somebody that lives down in Texas Preach. so you know yeah exactly anything any meat locker around here is not going to save a just an everyday skull.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. a horn,
2: hornless, hornless skull. I should say something that's <laughs> been dehorned when it was alive. Yeah, meat lockers will save horned animals, but not always. Um, it's gotten to the point where I've got a couple local yokels that I work with. But <laughs> they they never get anything huge, which is totally fine. Um, I've actually gotten a couple roping
1: years from now mm. interesting mm-hmm. in the past couple years and but to find something that does not have horns that's a different game yeah. unless it was your show cow mm. and you saved her skull i
0: and dirty here and going straight to the source you're not buying like a pre-cleaned <laughs> it's not bleached it's not oh, oh did I <laughs> Like, um, like hold on a little. second you're going to a meat locker <laughs> right now really so
2: about me compared to a lot of other skull artists is I am cleaning yes, at ma'am. least 85.7% of my skull <laughs> to be exact from death and I don't know that exact percentage but that's a very safe you percentage cool to up. guess. you know what
0: we're not going to prove yeah. you there. <laughs>
2: yeah so I and even my skulls don't come 100% clean. Usually, um, they always have that last layer Mm. that holds, like, the muscle to the bone that needs to come off. And depending on how long it it had been sitting in the woods, it may be very difficult to still get off. But, like, in terms of longhorn skulls, I have to clean, like, 97% of those. Dang, girl. Totally, just the longhorns on my own. So that's another place where a lot of my value comes in. Like, I'm with them literally from start to finish.
0: You're paying me to scrape the flesh off the bone.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I do show people that on Instagram. So if any of the people listening want to follow me, you will see that every few months. I show people... to show the super bad stuff because right. I know that it really grosses some people out, <laughs> and that's the other thing. I never thought I was going to be like a half-ass taxidermist. But here <laughs> <I am. laughs> Just doing it, totally oh self-taught. <laughs> totally self-taught. So, yeah, you know, I that's how life goes, huh? <laughs> too, is, yeah, that's one of my strengths too. Though, like, if I need to figure it out, I will figure it out. Even if it means not asking other people questions. I will just figure it out. And I think that's why I've been able to be so successful in the last four years. Is because if I don't know, I will research until I know. Or I'll watch videos until I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you gotta you gotta be willing to do that. <laughs> that's so good.
0: And I feel like a lot of people, like, we've talked to other artists about this. Ashley was one of them was 76 and Riveted. And, like... There's so many people that the second they want to do something, they reach out to someone else and they're like, teach me how to cow school, rather than (laughs) taking it upon themselves to go out there and find the resources to learn. They ask somebody that's already doing it, that's already successful, to the point where if they are copying you, they don't even see you as like a human or an artist. They just... Are going after what they see as like this big box business cool. yeah that's Like quick easy buck, I'm gonna be rich
2: on cow school <laughs> <laughs> right like they think that well she did it and that's the, other, that's the other beautiful thing about having conversations like this is people can understand more of the backstory. Mm. you know if you go to my website or even my Instagram feed you're seeing the beautiful finished products you're not seeing the days that went into it or even the Yeah, you know, the miles that they had to go to in order to finish
0: this. And that is totally a big reason story. why we started this podcast was to meet people like that and hear their stories and hear about the maggots and not just the <laughs> painted skull on oh, yeah. Instagram and the color story yeah, on Instagram. <laughs> the really shiny crystals. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My poor husband, he... You know he's got a strong stomach, but when it comes to
0: the vegan, it definitely made him gig a few times. Oh my gosh! Well, fine,
2: just go your own way, honey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we had already said this before we started because we were so excited for you. But again, congratulations on being nominated for Best Western Maker um, by Rock and W Report. It's just so well deserved already for just the nomination. Um, we're just so proud. That's so amazing. Thank
2: you. I'm I'm very excited too. It is it's a brand new category, so I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped. Yes. And that ends, the voting part ends Friday, so Ooh, I'm get Friday on it. F8.
0: Get on it. How do they yeah. vote? Is it on their website?
2: Yep. You go to the Rock and then there is a tab for the 2020 Girl Boss Awards that you can go to. And there's there's so many amazing women.
0: Yes, just mm-hmm. even nominated
2: for this stuff with an advocate, you know, Western fashion bloggers, Western Western lifestyle bloggers, like the Horsewomen Awards. There's some really cool people on there. Totally really agree. cool
0: people. Totally agree.
1: And I believe um, that you also had this linked in your your Instagram bio, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. so can right you... now, I do. Yes. Beautiful. Because so... I'm not I'm
2: not special enough yet to have.
0: We'll see if we can
1: get you there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. Oh, <thanks. laughs> so, so Cassie, can you tell everyone how they can find you?
2: Yes. So, if you just if you love the gram like everybody else does, oh, we yes. love the, You can just go to Wanderlust Skulls, which is W A N D E R L U S T, and then Skulls. And then my website's the same, wanderlustskulls.com. On Facebook, it's the same thing. It's just all around the same thing. If you do one,
1: you can find the rest. Well, beautiful Cassie, thank you so much for talking to us. Oh my gosh, so great to hear from someone who has an original voice and is really out there encouraging other people to pursue their dreams and and be themselves while they're doing it. So thank you so much, everyone who's listening. Cassie is just a click away at Wanderlust Skulls on all of her platforms and websites. So again, thank you so much.
0: We'll see y'all next week. Thanks Ah, for tuning in to the Breaking Western podcast.